You are about to listen to Emeka Ezra, the lead steward at Fortier Network International. He envisions all men saved and mature Christ Jesus. Be stirred as you listen. Today, we are going to be discussing how to interpret scripture and like how to interpret scripture. Then I will now introduce what, what we are going to be studying on for some time right for some time and the reason why i'm starting this way is because in this bible study we are going to have a mixed multitude so some people know while some people are new so that is why i'm starting with oh how to interpret scripture and and also for those people that that somehow know a lot this is actually a good place because obviously Repetition, repetition of knowledge is, is important. You, you, you must understand that, oh, there is a basis for interpretation. So I, I, I think I was in a Bible class or I was in a Bible course where I got to understand that in, in, in the Christian faith, we have more than, we have more than a hundred and something uh, uh, um, beliefs on soteriology. Soteriology means doctrine of salvation, right? How is it that people that call themselves Christians, one person believes that, oh, Jesus is an angel. One other person believes that, oh, Jesus is not the son of God. Another, um, another church or another doctrine believes, oh, it's not good to wear skirt. Or another doctrine believes, oh, uh, women cannot preach. How, why is this so? And this is primarily because they have different ways of or they are interpreting the bible the bible differently so if we can have a unified way or a proper way of interpreting scripture then then everybody should interpret scripture and come to a to one conclusion because we have one spirit we, are, we, we, we have one spirit. We don't have 100 different spirits in, in, in Christianity. We have one spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he's not a spirit of confusion. God is not a spirit of confusion. He's, he's not a God of confusion. He's not someone that will say, he will, he's not someone that will say one thing and goes to say another thing. Do you understand? So I would love your response. So um, where do I start from? Where do I start from? So uh, like I said, my name is Emeka. And we're going to be talking about Bible, Bible interpretation. And I'm going to be listening out three things that we're going to be discussing about before we even enter what we are going to, what we are going to be talking about, like what we are going to be studying about. So first, um, the Bibles I'm going to be using in this Bible study are two versions, KJV and NLT. I'm going to be using KJV and NLT. So um, if you're going to find it, if you want to know what I'm reading, you can either check the two, but I will tell you what I'm reading and where I'm reading from, how, uh, how am I um, deducing what I'm deducing from. So KJV, NLT. The reason why, the only reason why, why I'm using KJV is because a lot of you grew up reading KJV, right? A lot, a lot, of, a lot of people grew up using KJV. And for NLT, in particular, for NLT in particular, it's simpler to understand and it's better in, in, my, in my opinion. So, um, 
So three basic laws, right, of proper biblical interpretation. Please, if you're really serious about this Bible study, please, I, I really expect you that you're with your Bible, like, like you're with your pen and paper writing, right? So three, by, three um, laws or three things to note when interpreting scripture. There's something called exegesis. Number one, exegesis. Number two, eisegesis. Exegesis, number two, eisegesis. Number three, hermeneutics. Did you get me? Exegesis, number one. Exegesis is spelled E-X-E. G-E-S-I-S. Number two, I see Jesus. I see Jesus is spelled E-I-S. E-G-E-S-I-S. And number three is called hermeneutics. That is H-E-R-M-E-N-E-U-T-I-C-S. Hermeneutics. So these are three things to note when um, interpreting scripture. So number one, what is um, um, what is exegesis, right? Exegesis is pulling information out of a text. So what do I mean? Exegesis is pulling information out of a text. So um, if there is a sentence, I'm giving an example of exegesis. If there's a sentence that says she is going to the well. A sentence. And this sentence says, she is going to the well. What exegesis says is, you are, not, you are going to pull out, um, you are going to, you're, you're going to pull out like the information from the sentence. So she is going to the well. If someone asks me, what did you read? I'll say, oh, she is going to the well or she was going to be well in the text. But when it comes to I am it is in is imposing your ideas to what is written in the text. So I is imposing your own ideas. So we still have the same example. She is going to the well. So I would would imply I would if someone asks me, oh, what did you read or what do you understand from that sentence? I will now say, oh, I think that she was a she was a black poor girl going to the well to beat up a boy. Now that is not in the sentence. I am imposing my ideas on that written text. Now I see justice is a bad way. Like is a like I'm I'm even jumping my notes, but I see Jesus is a the wrong way of interpreting scriptures. And most of the times you see preachers um using I see it a lot. I'm going to even I'm go, there, there are some times, right? There are some very little times that is allowed, but a lot of times um, believers use I see in a very wrong way. 
in the sense that, oh, they'll say, and Moses was climbing up the mountain. And you see a preacher, a believer say, oh, you see, from Rema, climbing up the mountain meant he prayed and he went up. It's, all of kind of it does not make sense. Because in the text, the text, the text was very descriptive, telling you what is actually happening. But you want to impose your own ideas on it, and it happens a lot with religious texts. So, the last one, hermeneutics. Come, am I am I with, am I still with you? Are you still listening to me? Yes, yes, we are. So okay. yeah. Okay, I hope I'm not boring you guys. Because no, this is like the foundation of this is the foundation of everything I'm going to be discussing about. So um hermeneutics. Hermeneutics just simply means it is a Greek word, right? It simply means to interpret. It is the art of it, it, it hermeneutics is like the art and science of interpretation. So the question is if somebody says, What is or what method of hermeneutics did you use? Somebody can ask, what method of hermeneutics did you use to interpret this text? And you say, oh, I use this method. I, because in hermeneutics, there are different methods for interpretation because it's the art and science of interpretation, right? So, but in the Bible, right? In the Bible, theologians, the most preferred way of interpreting text or scripture from the Bible is, is um, historical contextual hermeneutics. Historically contextual hermeneutics. So what this means is, what this means is you ask yourself, when, when you are interpreting scripture, right? When you want to interpret scripture, you ask yourself, what, um, what, is, what does this mean to the author? The person writing this, what does this actually mean to him, right? And you now ask yourself again, what does this mean to the person that the author is writing to? So you want to know, these two questions will, will, will make you want to know when the author was writing, in what cultural context the writer was writing, why the writer wrote in that manner. You see, okay, um, let me explain something. I'm going to explain something. Let me explain um, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. So I hope you're with your Bibles, right? I hope you're with your Bibles. Let me use KJV. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. I mean, a good Bible student will know um, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Let me open it. I want to show you something. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And it says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Now, you see this, you see, as simple as this scripture is, this scripture is one of the most abused scriptures out of context. 
right? One of the most you see it using Instagram posts, speaker, motivational speaker, they use it. But you need to understand, right, that this this bet it has a context. And a lot of people, when they read this, oh, I, because I have it, they, they, they read it for I know they thought I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. And a lot of people say this to themselves oh, God has good thoughts, has good hope for me. I, I have a good future in Christ. But then, is that what that scripture is really saying? Is that what is really saying? So, what um, hermeneutics wants you to do. This wants you to interpret in context. And exegesis wants you to pull out the information from the text and not, and not superimpose your own ideas on that, on that scripture. So let us go, if you're with your Bible, right, which I think you should, let us go to verse 1 of that chapter, 29. We are in, verse 20, we are in chapter 29, right? Let's go to verse 1. Verse 1 of that chapter says, now, these are the words of the letter of Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to, to the remainder of the elders who are carried away captive to the priests, to the prophets, and all of whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. So who is the writer? The writer is Jeremiah the prophet, and he's sending this letter. This is a letter he's writing. He's sending it to people that are in captive in Babylon. Are you listening to me? He's sending this letter to people that are in Babylon. And that does not even answer our question first. Now, it answers, it, first, it answers one question. It answers the question of, oh, it was not even talking to you, right? Two, is going to answer the second question. What are the thoughts? Because that scripture in verse 11 says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, the thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end, right? But now, what are those, what is the expected end? What, are, what is the good thought that, that God is having towards these people? Let's go to verse, verse 10. Verse 10, right? Verse 10 says, For thoughts says the Lord, after 70 years, are completed in Babylon. I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. Now, he now says, for I know the thoughts I have towards you. So, the good thoughts he had towards the Israelites were that after 70 years, the prosperity was after 70 years, these people were going to be brought out of Babylon and back into the promised land that is Israel. So now you now understand that even in context, in context, the thoughts I have towards you are of good and not of evil. In context, in this scripture, it was not talking about people graduating, it was not even a motivational quote. In context, it was talking to Israel and it was telling them that, oh, you are after 70 years, you are going to be free. So the reason why I started this way, the reason why I started this way uh, is because I want you people to understand 
the way and the manner in which the Bible is going to be interpreted in this Bible study going on. And also, you need to understand that you need to understand that God, you need to understand that God is revealed progressively throughout the Bible, right? God is revealed progressively throughout the Bible. Throughout the Bible, we see that, oh, men, men, they know God more and more and more and more and more and more. Which brings me to one of the best biblical um, interpretations, uh, um, one of the best methods of biblical interpretation, which is called corroboration. Corroboration. Meaning that if you say this is this in chapter chapter 25 of one book, it should all it should it should also be that in chapter 26 of another book. So if you say faith is this in the old testament, faith should also be that in the new testament. Are you understand what I'm trying to say? If you say prayer is talking to God and God talking to you in the old testament, it should also be the same thing in the new testament. That is corroboration. That is another method of biblical interpretation. So I'm going to post that here, right? I'm going to post that here because there's a lot. We can, we can use a whole nine or two hours to talk about correct biblical interpretation, but I'm going to go further. So starting with the Bible study, right? We are going to be discussing about um, the person of Jesus. And here's the thing. Talking about the person of Jesus can take 10 hours. <laughs> It can actually take 24 hours, a whole day. I will not be will not be finished. We will not finish talking about the person of Jesus. And some of you here can bear me witness. Like when I mean bear me witness, you've you, you've probably been to Bible studies that are take, taking 10 hours, right? But we are going to be starting with the person of Jesus. And in these Bible studies, in this in this Bible study, right, we are going to um we are going to have um Character Bible study. We are going to be studying characters, not just characters. We are going to be studying books of the Bible. And we are going to be studying books of the Bible, characters, and I'm forgetting something else. And topics. So we might take up a topic like baptism and deconstruct it. We might take up a topic like faith and deconstruct it. We might take up a book like Romans and deconstruct it. We might take up, like now, we are starting with a character, a, a character study, and we might take up, we are taking up a character, the character Jesus, and we are deconstructing him. What I mean, deconstructing the, the, the character, right? The same thing, Joseph, the same thing, other, other characters, to better understand who these people are, and what they've done or what he has done for us and everything. So for the person of Jesus, for the person of Jesus, we are going to start from the Gospels, right? The New Testament. But I'm just going to be very brief. And after this brief conclusion, um, it has to be to the next, it has to be, we have to meet in the next Bible study because I don't want everything I'm saying to be cumbersome or anyone. So, uh, are you guys with me? Are you guys with me? Let me know. Can I yeah, can I get yeah. that? And amen. Okay, wonderful. Amen. <laughs> okay. So, 
um, we are studying the person of Jesus. And we're going to be starting from the Gospels. The Gospels are Mark, sorry, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are the four Gospels. And when I mean the, the Gospels, I mean uh, the accounts according to these people. Right? So, according to the early church, according to the early church, because when you read the book of Matthew, there's no place you're going to that you see, oh, this book is written by Matthew, or this book is written by Mark, or this, this book, um, okay. Um, yeah, so, according to church tradition, according to church tradition, we know that these books were actually written by these people. Right? We know because again and again the church has the church the early church said this it was these people that, that wrote these books, but here that is not even that is not um, that is not the focus of this Bible study or the the, the focus of this the conclusion of the gospels. We are looking at the gospels because the gospels talk about Jesus, and if we have to study if we have to study Jesus, we have to look at this four gospels or four accounts of jesus from these different authors we are going to look at him because these different authors have had a different perspective on jesus they had their different perspective on jesus and they had different audiences or different audience english they had different audience that they were talking to when it came to matthew Matthew had a, a Jewish audience. When it also came to Mark, Mark had a Jewish audience. When it came to Luke, Luke was not just talking to the Jews, he was also talking to the Gentiles. He was talking to everybody. Because Luke was a was a he was a he, was, he gave a journalistic report. He was a Gentile. When it came to John, John also was not just talking to the Jews, he was talking to everybody. Right, so when we are looking at these these books, we need to understand that these books had their agendas in the sense that in the, when I mean agendas, I mean there was a purpose that these books were written. Like if I'm going to write a letter to if I'm going to write a letter to um if I'm going to write a letter to my girlfriend on Valentine, probably it's probably Okay, because it is Valentine, that's why I'm writing to her, right? If I'm going to write um, her on Christmas, it might be, oh, because I want to break up with her. So there are different, <laughs> so there are different purposes. There are different purposes for the, the gospels that are written. For Matthew, for Matthew, the reason why he was writing, or the reason why he was writing, um, sorry, the purpose to which he was writing his own gospel was to present Jesus as the Jewish king. Remember I told you he was talking to Jewish people, right? He was talking to Jewish people and he was trying to present Jesus as a Jewish king. Jewish king that, that obeyed scripture, that everything in that, that was prophesied about him, he, he actually embodied. So when you're reading the book of Matthew, you will notice and you will see a lot of you will see a lot of um old testament quotes so he's going to, he, he he quotes a lot of 
Old Testament um, scriptures and he's telling you, okay, this, 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 that scripture may be fulfilled. So that is um, Matthew's style. You, you even notice that Matthew um, started with a genealogy. He's trying to tell you that, oh, actually this Jesus actually came from the lineage of David. So he actually obeyed scripture. So he was trying to present Jesus as, as the Jewish Messiah, the Jewish king. When he came to Mark, Mark, right, theologians argue, and I'm saying this because I told you people at the beginning that this Bible study is going to be very technical. It's going to be very apologetic, right? So when he came to Mark, Mark was, when Mark's um, account actually is said to be the first. But his account was said to be about the teachings of Peter. So the arguments, right, that, that say, oh, um, the book of Mark is actually the book of Peter, should be called the book of Peter. But because the early church, like I said, called it the book of Mark, nobody has the authority to call it the book of Peter. So when it comes to the book of Mark, Mark, um, try to validate the person of Jesus. So the reason why he was writing or, or the purpose at which he was writing his own book was to validate, validate the person of Jesus that he claims to be the person he is, that he claims to be that he is the son of God and, I mean, through even his suffering. So you will see that... I, I, I want to say something else. I want, I, want, I want to also say something. The book of Mark also, right, is... Um, is historically the first book, the first gospel that was written. So a, a lot of theologians believe that the book of Matthew drew reference from the book of Mark. I mean, the book of Mark is, the book of, am I correct what I'm saying? Yes, the book of Mark is very short and that's because it was from the teachings of, it was from the teachings of Peter. So it's like me sharing my, my Sunday notes with you, and that is what is that that that, that 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 is what Mark is trying. That was what Mark was trying to do. He's trying to validate the person of Jesus. Why you should believe that he's the Son of God and everything. Then we come to Luke. Luke was writing towards a friend of his, and Luke here is his own is quite different actually. He's trying to tell you that. Uh, Jesus is the savior of all mankind. Like I told you, this is a summary. The next Bible study will go deeper into everything. So Luke is trying to tell you, oh, Jesus is the savior to all mankind. He's the savior to all mankind, not only to the Jews, but to also the Gentiles. So because Luke is a Gentile, it makes sense for him to tell, to not double into the whole genealogy of Jesus but to just tell you that, oh, yes, he died for the Jews, but he also died for the Gentiles. He died for the Jews, but he also died for the Gentiles. And Luke is the only book with the sequel. That means, when I mean sequel, I mean, I mean like a, a book following the died, Act of the Apostles. An interesting book, the last book of the Gospels, John, John the Baptist, John, not John the Baptist, John's book, John the Apostles' book. John the Apostle's book presents Jesus as God. And you see, that book is very unique. 
in the sense that the book does not have any reference in the New Testament. So, like I just said, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they have reference. They some most of the times they quote the Old Testament just to tell you, oh, this this same Jesus that was prophesied is is the same Jesus now, and they will give you new teaching. But when it comes to John, John was giving you new revelation in a way. He's telling you that Jesus is God. And he was, he, he's incarnate, that Jesus was conscious before his birth. That was, his, that, that was everything John was trying to say. And in fact, John did not even pick every teaching of Jesus. John picked specific teachings of Jesus that highlighted him as God. So these Gospels or these four Gospels are important to be studied for us to understand the person of Jesus. And going further into our Bible study, right, we are going to be understanding, oh, is Jesus really the Son of God? Um, this Jesus that, that, that we know, why is he different from the Jesus that the Jehovah Witness know? So we are going to be doing a lot of um, Bible study um, about the Jesus of the world, the Jesus of the New Age, and the Jesus of the Bible. So we're going to be doing all those kind of studies and we're going to be, um, it's going to be interesting. We're also going to be talking about the teachings of Jesus a lot. And this Bible study is going to be very technical, like I said. Please don't let the knowledge overwhelm you. I, I pray that everything that you're going to learn or everything that we are going to study together, right, will change us for the better in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please, if you if you enjoy the Bible study, because share with your friends. Tell them, oh, there's something I learned newly today. If you actually learned something newly, please share with your friends. And thank you so much. Like, it's already um, 9.36. I don't want to take your time. This was just a, a, an introduction. The next Bible study is going to be on the fourth of the, on, on um, fourth Tuesday, if I'm correct. Yeah, second Tuesday and fourth Tuesday, if I'm, the last Tuesday of this month. and. Uh, We'll go deeper into everything. I just wanted to do it. Um, I wanted to do a introduction. An introduction. Please, I also want to ask a question. Do you think that the, the Bible study is late by nine p.m.? No, it's not. It's okay. Like it's fine. Can, okay. Like, yeah, it depends fine, on fine. how many minutes. How many minutes is it going to last for? For each so, class. So it's probably just going to last for an hour max. All right, I think that's fine. Okay. Nine is perfect. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. I, I hope um, that that works for me. No, I think it works. I I just think it works because it, this is just two Tuesdays, two Tuesdays in a month. I in think it's month. okay. Yeah. I think it's okay because just two hours. I I really want to explain a lot of things. And um, I just want to take just to, just an hour of your time. So um, that's just it. Please, does anybody have any questions? Let me ask you. Does anybody have any questions from what I said? Because what I said is very, it, it might be simple to someone else, but it might not, be on, might not be simple to another person. So I just want to know, does anybody have any questions from everything I said? I, I, I talked about biblical interpretation, 
exegesis, exegesis, terminotics. Um, I talk about corroboration, and I also talk about and um, looking just a rough the gospel. So, does anybody have any questions? Yeah, I think I have a question. Wow. Okay. Okay. Can ask. All right. So, under the three basic laws of proper Bible interpretation, where mm. does pretext and post-text come in? So, um, pretext, like I said, it's it's under hermeneutics, right? It's under hermeneutics. I didn't. I didn't go. I didn't go to. I didn't go in depth because I still have a lot of things in my notes that I wanted to touch. In the sense of, of I, I, there's an acronym I even came up with. There's a lot of things that, that are under hermeneutics that I even I, I didn't touch, and I, I was planning to touch them while we are going through the Bible study. So while we are going through the Bible study, I would have I would have come with pretext, post-text, prescriptive, and descriptive. Um, ways of um, understanding scripture. So all of those things, I do not want to bombard everyone with too many terminologies at the same time on that very short time. So the next time I'll be, I'll, I'll, I would um, introduce people to more um, ways to interpret scripture. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions? Yes. Yes. Okay. You have a question. Yes. Um, I wanted to ask if sometimes can imposing your own ideas be good about the scriptures? Like I see like the second thing you give, I see justice. Okay. So Imposing your own ideas is, is, is always harmful, right? Except, see, when it comes to, when it comes, the script, scriptures don't talk about everything. The Bible does not say, talk about everything. So, there are parts in scripture. See, the, let, me, let me put it this way. The Bible talks about the, the important things, right? It does not talk about everything. The important things are meant to guide you in judging the unimportant, the seemingly unimportant things, right? But when it comes to scripture and when it comes to explaining scripture, you're not meant to impose your own ideology on scripture. You're meant to just say it as it is. So you're not going to say, um, you're not going to, you're not going to say, you're not going to say. Uh, and Joseph was running away from Potiphar's wife and he left his jacket and you now say, oh, that is how men live their destinies. That jacket is a destiny. Destiny has to be... Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, <laughs> so that's not how to interpret scripture. You need to take what it says. Like, what it says obviously scriptures those stories are written for our edification like our correction and everything but not outside of context not outside of what is telling you did i answer your question yes you did thank you okay 
So um, I guess no other person has a, has, has a question. And um, that would just be, let, let, let me just pray. In the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for prophecies being fulfilled. Men are being raised. Men are going to be raised. Uncommon men are going to be raised. Thank you, Father. Thank you for everything that's about to happen to the world in the name of Jesus. Thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Your name be highly exalted. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming around. Please share with your friends what you learned for the first time. If, if what you learned is new and is awesome, please share and um, recommend it. God bless you. Have a nice day.